Hello, co-opers and listeners. Welcome back to the Co-opcast. We are finally back in this winter 2022. And I have a very special guest today, Leo Liu, Hongjian Liu. And he's a fifth-year PhD student at UCLA. He's a store crew chief here at the Co-op. He's been living here for five years. And he's the CEO and founder of Chuk. We will talk about that and more here at the podcast today. Thank you. Thank so, you. So, uh, Leo, talk about yourself. Where, where are you from? What are your origins? And what, what brought you here to the United States? Yeah, so uh, I'm Chinese. I came from China, obviously, um, uh, in the southwestern part of China called Sichuan Province, uh, my hometown is Chengdu. It's famous for its uh, spicy food, hot cuisine, hot pot and stuff and also the hometown of Canada. I came oh, here five years ago for my PhD program, essentially, I got to UCLA about chemistry. So I came here, and uh, the reason why I joined the co-op in the very uh, beginning was essentially I was searching online, you know, cheap housing, cheap housing around UCI. Yes. you know, you know, those keywords and searching enough to be like, ah, this is a really cool place, you know, mm-hmm. uh, self-governed, sort of commune style, and obviously very cheap. So at the time, you know what? Let's give a go. If I if I don't like the commune style, I can always leave. You know, rent a house somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if I like it, well, the price is essentially unbeatable. And uh, as fate would have it, I like it, so I stay here for five years straight for my entire yes. program. So yeah, been here for a long time. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, meet meet you, man. This place is amazing. You you arrive here. You're a little anxious to know how your room is going to look like, how is it, the food and people. But then you realize it's so good. I, I think there's no other better option for a student here in West LA. We are better than the frats and sororities are better than the student dorms. And if you rent an apartment with, uh, if you live in an apartment, you're going to pay like three, four times more than here. And here we have all your friends. You get to meet people from all over the world. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So good, good. And I plan to stay here a long time. I've been here for, Two years? It's my third year now. But yeah, so, I'll yeah, be around. Extension program, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, tell me more about your, your PhD. What what's your major? What's your you studying? What's your research? What do you do? Oh, so yeah, I um I do biochemistry and uh, my thesis research essentially trying to think about ways to use uh advanced fermentation and uh, cell-free engineering mm-hmm. basically to biochemical systems to produce renewable fuels and uh, biodegradable plastics. Uh, as you know, you know, we're in, in a worse climate change, the human caused global warming and uh, certainly it requires a lot of creativity and, uh, and the research into combating this environmental degradation. And so one thing we thought about, well, um, what if we can just take the carbon dioxide from the air we already emitted, right? We've pumped so much carbon dioxide in the air and capture them and figure out what we utilize them that'd be great so it's really from this simple thought where we you know start to develop all the key technologies from the upstream where how do you even capture the carbon dioxide to the downstream and now you have to capture it right? what you're going to do with it and so one thing i'm focusing on the downstream where okay now we have the carbon dioxide we can even make into small molecules but what are the useful things we can get out of it and that's where we start to target well fuels obviously if you can make fuels out of carbon dioxide and you burn them, it becomes carbon dioxide. Well, it just goes on and on again. Well, clever 
let's know if you like a dude. That's that's against uh-huh. the thermodynamics, right? The second law and the first law is say no to you. Well, so that's why, you know, you need electricity, external energy to power the whole system. Essentially, acting as a giant battery where you use carbon as the sink to soak up the the excessive energy like solar and wind. And also, then there's plastic. Some somewhere along the way, we're developing technology. We realize, well, there's one molecule in the pathway that was very close to a monomer where you can polymerize and just basically build a chain to become plastic and you know stuff like that. I was like, well, that's pretty useful because if you can make plastic out of you know this carbon thing and uh, renewable energy, especially it's biodegradable, that would be really great. That saves a lot of purple, you know, being strangled strangled by the by the by the plastic we wash down you know, Santa Monica Bay. So that is basically my research, by focusing on plastic and the fuels. Wow, wow, man, nice, very nice. Sounds great. Uh, wait, wait a minute, because you use a lot of terms. Let's rewind a little bit. Uh, so you're saying that you can capture the uh, carbon dioxide from the air and, and transform it in energy. So like the a reverse, what like cars are doing today. For example, they're burning fuel and releasing uh, carbon, right? Yeah. So you would do the opposite. You would use carbon and for energy and release uh, something else. Yeah, on a high level, omitting a lot of details, yes. Omitting a lot of details. Um, (laughs) Essentially, you know, fuel is basically two things. One is the material, which is the carbon, and then it's energy stored within. We basically try to reverse that by re-energize, re-energize, like, Mm -hmm. with the electricity, essentially, of carbon dioxide. You energize enough, but there's a whole bunch of reactions that can happen Uh that forms these fuels again, Mm -hmm. right? So now the fuels are there with the energy, which is essentially, you know, energized from electricity awesome awesome and yeah he should have been interviewed by adrian he likes this uh, research topics on <laughs> our other host yeah yeah it's amazing very good man i really like that and i'm trying to like imagine how you would relate to that to your to, to your store shift here because uh and you're in two because now we're going to get there because you're a businessman too right yeah beyond your research and all these like complex things that you're doing in the lab and everything uh there's this so yeah how's that how how come that um can you tell us about uh, your your short shift for a co-op your being the crew chief of the store right um how did you get there why why did you want to be like the crew chief of the co-op store (laughs) well i mean everyone here in the co-op has to do some shift right that's that's, Uh uh-huh that's a given I was working in the uh, kitchen for a very long time like everyone else and then i was training uh, to become KC uh, oh. as well. So it's like, uh-huh. you know, I've been grinding in the kitchen for like a year and a half, so I might as well become KC. At the time, also store has an opening. Uh-huh. And so as well, I might just become a store crew. <laughs> KC. Uh-huh. So was that. So then I joined the store crew. Uh, when Ryan was the, the, her tenure as the, the crew chief, that's like, I don't know, three years ago? Three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Three years ago. And then um, I was in the store crew for a long time, and then Ryan left, she graduated. Uh, okay. And so at the time, uh, we were basically electing a new crew chief amongst the store workers. So um, me and all the store workers, I was like, you know what, um, I was amongst the most senior at the time in the store, and I just became crew chief. 
was it was there's yeah, no drama yeah, there's there's no story essentially there's no story about it i i don't know how to make it sound funny it's yeah. just like it just gradually nice. become you know good something. yeah there's a career path in the co-op a career path in the co-op yes <laughs> you're starting to teach and become kc yeah. Yeah, like kcc yeah. and like crew chief and everything yeah that's nice yeah, essentially the essentially the, <laughs> the corporate ladder the career path of the co-op you come here it's good the, it's good to be involved in everything and you did you did a uh, great work for for the store right i realized i remember when you when you started being the crew chief like there was like more stuff available and i wanted how is that how do you how do you manage the store like the items available and of course like uh, the logistics of like purchasing stuff and expiration date because sometimes you have like some promotions and yesterday there was like lays at like 50 cents or 75 yeah. cents oh my yeah, god yeah. i like that i love that <laughs> well i mean Yeah, there is uh it, it, the story is a very simple place uh -huh. it's not like yeah it's not like it's a not walmart like, it's not like walmart it's like there are three <laughs> shops in it uh yeah you you take a you can take an eye on you know what's running out and the worst mm -hmm. you know cheap places you can get them i i become like a coupon clipper uh -huh. you know oh. the more coupon i clip but you know the more discount yeah. i can get when i buy it and so i can sell it cheap yeah. at the store Makes sense. um And and really, I, I what uh, when I first became the so crew chief, one thing uh, a lot of people talk about is like how to diversify the offering. So we had a contract contractor. It's called Vistar, Southern California. It's like a large retail distributor mm. center, uh, so you can get a very steep discount buying at a bulk quantity. They ship in like this giant crates. Awesome. So you know that's how we keep it keep it cheap. But then the problem with that is. Well, sure, you can get ch chips for free, like essentially very cheap, but you're buying like hundreds of uh, of bags at a time in uh, these giant crates. And uh -huh. if you can't sell them, <laughs> if people get bored of the flavor, then you kind of, you kind of, right? And uh -huh. so there are times like, uh, how do we, you know, by scouring the internet for like coupons and just get cheap from like, you know, Sam's Club, Costco, mm. these kind of uh, food, uh, food for less, that's another one. And so, if you go to these uh, big block shops, and you know, <laughs> I mean, they are more expensive than Vistar, but still cheap enough. But then you now allow you to buy less, so essentially the minimum order quantity is lower, and then you can buy more varieties. And hopefully, you know, people will like the variety options. That's basically what we're doing. And then also another one is uh, prior, the store only accept cash, so it took effort to get the digital oh, yeah, system that. going yeah so now we have apple pay Samsung pay google pay you know, all this yeah that pay whatever easier. yeah so now you can use credit card it was a big it was a big deal because you know if it's cash only was really limited so mm -hmm. yeah that's the two main thing i think i've done yes. in the store awesome and, awesome. and oh by Great the way job. now we have also cafe in the store yeah Mm -hmm. You don't go anywhere in the store. Oh, we, we got an espresso machine on the setup. So it's, it's gradually going up. Well, we'll try to decorate a little bit. So right now it's a very simple espresso, you know, cafe style. Maybe in the future mm -hmm. we'll probably do a little bit more hot food as well. You get those mm -hmm. like 7-Eleven, you know, hot. So, uh, yeah. All the things we have like snacks inside as hot. That's coming on. I wanted to ask, uh, just in curiosity, what is the best selling item at this store? Hmm. Best selling item. Um, uh, let me think about that. Kinder Bueno? Yeah, Kinder Bueno has to be. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, after Kinder <laughs> Bueno, it's probably uh, Nutella Go. 
Yeah, yeah, that's something I'll kind of pronounce definitely. Top two. Chocolate, like chocolate, yeah. Italian chocolate. <laughs> right. The biggest small thing, like, you know, it's like your very cool. Oh, and the ice cream wise, uh, Hagen Dots and, uh, okay. and, and, and the. Uh, I thought it was chips, but yeah, I you know, chips. Chips, 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 chips sells, but like, if it's like, like more one thing stuff. that stands out, yes, the sweet uh, stuff like ice cream and, uh, and the Telego definitely stand out. I kind of want to definitely stand out. Nice. Yeah, I just asked uh, all this um, uh, management part and logistics because I'm interested in that too. Mm -hmm. Part of my major study that, and I wanted like finally to get to the subject where I'm most interested in, which is about chilk, uh, the chill almond milk that we sell here at the store and now many places. So tell me what 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 is chilk? What is what the idea? Uh, where the idea um, came from and like. Uh, where the company stand now and what are the expectations for the future for Chilk? <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, it's 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 essentially a co-op startup. <laughs> it is yeah. Anyway, um, so it's a uh, joke. It's it's basically hyphenated chill milk. Uh, we play the word there a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so the original concept of me and Cole Cole is another co-oper who already left the co-op, mm -hmm. but. Um, that time where we're like, you know what, the pandemic is so boring, we're all locked in our room, there's very little things to do. And he had a friend that was talking to Harrison Hemp Farm somewhere in Colorado or something. I was, like, that was a conversation. Uh -huh. And it was brunch time. And we're talking about some strange concept about you know, kinetic engineer cows and how the cow milk <laughs> can come up with a different like, medicinal effect. And I was like, we're like, you know what, it's like, what if you just splice some, like, plant DNA into cow and so they can in the milk to come out as like a hemp strand or something like that would be really cool, right? I was like, yeah, it would be really cool, but you can't really do that. The genetic engineering cross like plant animals is not possible. And then later in that night, I was like, you know what? Let's not do that. And then just search online if there's product that's like healthy infusion and stuff like that. I was like amazed that there's bazillion Google articles about the blog posts about how to make home DIY, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, there's no product on the shelf. Like, if people are searching for it and people are making DIY, DIY home at home mm -hmm. recipes, people want it, but there's no product. Uh -huh. Ah, now you see there's a marketing inefficiency. Wow. We probably should have missed out a business out of it. That's amazing, man. That's like, yeah, now, now we have a business. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. Yeah, very nice, very nice. And <laughs> it's a very funny story, just like thinking about cows making like a no, to be milk. fair. Yeah, but to be fair, you guys like, would have the idea to give like what, like give like uh, weed to cows, cannabis to, cow, no, to cows, so no, they would like their milk. Their milk would be would like we with would, a, we would too high. We would stem, would, no, we would stem cell engineer the cows' DNA, so that's you know, actual, <laughs> the DNA I'm, I'm curious now, no, what happens if you give weed to cows? Now? Probably their milk would be like full of THC and CBD. But anyway, you guys were not, using a good, making a good use of your recreational time. During yeah, the it, was, it was recreation time. <laughs> well, no, of and course, it no, it, it's, it's not cow. It's it's now right now. It's the oat and the almond. Yeah, because I, me myself, I actually is lactose intolerant, so you know, oh, I okay. actually don't that drink any real sense. dairy. I grew up drinking soy milk in China, um, wow. so yeah, that is, so we also stay vegan routes and especially alternative dairy route. I mean, you know, look at look at the look, the dairy farming industry, right? Uh, it has certainly has a lot of uh, concerns regarding to its environment, long-term environment sustainability. 
and uh, depending on how it is managed, not all of them are like that. But certainly, there's a huge chunk of the dairy industry doing deploy quite questionable ethics standards regarding to you know animal Absolutely. cruelty stuff like that. And you know, I have no problem drinking soy milk growing up, so I figure you know what alternative dairy I think is the future of the, to go. And to be honest, you know, the old alternative dairy in the U.S. tastes kind of trash. And nothing compares <laughs> to home, hometown taste, essentially. So yes. we're also you know, trying to recreate the best-tasting alternative dairy that, like, try to closely mimic what real dairy tastes like. You know, despite mm. me being lactose intolerant, you know, I sometimes do eat cheese and suffer the consequences later on. <laughs> but, you know, to be fair, it just tastes so good, right? It tastes uh, so good. That's the taste yes. I cannot I give up, right? Cheese, uh-huh. you know, their cheese is so damn good, like... It, I don't. I don't care if lactose intolerant. Sure. And so here again, it's like, you know, how do you create alternative that tastes just as good as cream? Uh huh. Yeah, this makes total sense, and it's a big thing. It's a trend right now, and it's growing and growing. And mm-hmm. that's another question that I wanted to ask. Um, what are what are the expectations for the future for Chilk? What What do you think for Chilk in the future? Uh, what it's gonna become with the company? Do, do you plan to expand or have more products or? I think I'll answer in four tiers. So immediate goals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one to two years growth strategy, right? And the five-year plan and the ultimate of like what will become, you know, given 10 years, 20 years, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So immediate goals, obviously, is all the low-hanging fruits, expansion. We Oh, by the way, we won the whole prize, 2021. We got 150K of uh, grants investments, yes. all that, blah, blah, blah. blah. So that, I already over that. <laughs> it's now we're at a stage where we have to get down to business, right? Well, serious work has to be done. So how do we expand, taking basically grasp all the low hanging fruits? Well, how do we, you know, go to farmers markets? How do we develop, you know, fresh, unique line of products? How do we verify our product really beloved by the customers? Right? We're talking about the social launch in February twelfth with you know Greek Life in CLA. You know, every 19th, the business beach fair, all this stuff, right? So that is the immediate goal, right? Product uh-huh. development. We're still very much in development cycle. Despite, yes, we have revenue. Yes, we have prototypes selling, blah, blah, blah. But to really be marketable, to really hit the mass market, the big league, I think we're still you know, pretty shy of that. And we need to have a lot of development going into it. Now, what will happen in a one to two year time span? Next year, when we have this conversation, two years from now, we have mm-hmm. this conversation. What is the medium strategy? I think we'll morph our company from, you know, essentially just a beverage company mm-hmm. into a complete life cycle company with, you know, fast fashion and cosmetics and other supplements, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that is amazing. where we will probably brand our company to the chill company, incorporating, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we're talking about how do we build first hybrid fashion that's both in the virtual metaverse but also in the universe that is also you know coinciding with our beverage and food lineup we'll probably expand beyond this beverage and right mm-hmm. and then we're talking about you know the long-term goals the long-term goals certainly you know i want to be the unicorn everyone want to start a company yeah. want to become a unicorn certainly i do right in uh-huh. five years time we probably shouldn't finish our series b round and what would be will be you know not only as a U.S. company, and that will be looking at franchising and the global expansion. And wow. what is the, now, you ask me, what's the future of it in 20, 30 years, the long term? Well, 
to be fair, yeah, prod index Nestle. <laughs> <laughs> like That's that. amazing, man. I love I love that ambition. I really like that. And it's great, great for you. Um I, I love your story, man. It's very inspiring from your um you have your studies in biochemistry and you started to have a co-op as a crew chief and you created this product and we want to become like compete with Nestle. Wow. That's like very good. And you mentioned you wanted to create a unicorn with two. Oh, that's amazing because I have a bonus question for you. And it's a, uh, what would you do if you receive today $1 billion? If I receive a billion dollars. Yeah. All right. So if Sequoia, give me a billion dollars right now. Uh, it, it depends. Is a billion dollar to me, the person, a billion dollar to Joe? To you. Company? To you, uh, like the person, cash, cash now. Uh, holy like shit! A... So it's not like Sequoia, like, <laughs> like, a like a angel a... investment and stuff like that. It's like I a want briefcase with like one one billion dollars. If a briefcase of one billion dollar, I will first figure out why this person is giving me one billion dollar. <laughs> I'm like getting like assassinated yeah. or something like that. Right? Usually, there's some strings attached to it. I'll be very scared <laughs> of my life, you know. To be honest. Instead of thinking about how, how to spend a billion dollars, I would try to figure out how to keep myself still alive. Now, <laughs> assuming, you know, some good, divine good right, uh -huh. some divine wills wills me a billion dollar, right? Like absolutely no strings attached. I'm hundred percent safe, body snow from the assassination syndicates and stuff like that. <laughs> and I probably will invest, of course, some of me joke. I will start my own VC fund. Um, wow, nice. now one of my life goals is to be able to start a VC fund that focuses on developing countries, especially developing countries, uh, young startups from college. I feel like, you know, young people of this world, and I'm still young, only 27, but like, you know, even younger than I, the Gen Z's, we'll quote unquote, you know, the people mm -hmm. who grew up with uh, TikToks and whatnot, they have a lot <laughs> of great ideas. And we're complaining about this world become stratified, calcification, right? how this world is governed by a set of old rules that are no longer fits the need of modern time. The you know, grave challenges of climate change, grave challenges of global instability, all sorts of stuff. And I see that if a VC fund, a, a, a global angel investment syndicate that focuses on young people, that focuses on college ideas, that focuses on developing countries, there's a lot of potential not only you know, financially, you know, as a VC, we're not, we're not, we're not purely there for the, for the charity. You know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of growth potential in these countries. Hence, you can make money there. But also precisely because the growth potential, that will have the largest social impact in operability, in alleviating poverty, by right? improving education. You know, it's both a business and a social cost. And that's why if I have that much money, I'll definitely, you know, try to work on that. That's amazing and yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Liu, thank you so much for joining us at the co-op cast today. Uh, yeah, I'll see you around. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. More. Bye All right, bye. thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for next episodes. If you want to be interviewed, contact us. If you want to be a host for the uh, co-op cast, just send us a message and drink chilk. <laughs> yeah. Bye.